Yes? Is this Parker Bosley from the band The Gay 90s? Yes? Awesome, it's me. I'm Scott Wood from The Interview Show. Hey, how's it going, Scott? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm pretty good. Just hanging out on the patio uh, with some friends drinking beer. Ooh, nice. That sounds... Yeah. I'm envious. What about you? You're you're on the phone. I'm in Talking a... to me. I know. I'm in a studio staring at a screen. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Shoot it. All right. Well, welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Today, I have Parker Bosley from the band The Gay 90s on the line. We're talking about movies and music and how they can influence each other. Hi, Parker. Hey, man. What goes on? We are into a lot of different movies. We've, I guess we've all got completely opposite tastes, though. Um, Daniel, Daniel, our bass player, is into... Uh, he, he's into really cheesy movies. He likes chick flicks. Um, whereas I'm, I'm a little bit more into... Uh, I like Louis Mal and the old French New Wave guys. And Malcolm just watches documentaries. So. Wow. That's a, lot of, that's a lot to pull from, though. What's, that's a lot to pull from, yeah. That, that, you're right. That is a lot to pull from. Cool. So now you brought a song for us today. It's called Coming Together. Yes. Coming Together. Uh, produced by Steve Bays. We, we actually just finished it and released our EP. And we actually shot a video for Coming Together, and we, we spliced it with um, uh, footage from Incubus, which is an old Shatner film, which I think came out in 66. And it was actually shot in a fake language that the screenplay writer made up called Esperanto. And we thought we thought that the imagery was devastatingly terrifying. There's like a weird kind of rape scene with a goat, which is which is weird, where the goat's actually raping the woman. So that that's that's pretty strange. You had me scared. I was scared that William Shatner was <laughs> either raping or getting raped by a goat. <laughs> Nobody wants that. He is a national Canadian treasure. Oh yeah, this was back when he was trying to be serious. Though he's actually quite handsome in this movie. He's a. It was kind of before. I guess he was still pretty handsome on Star Trek, but he's a little doughy now. <laughs> but he's he's still pretty funny. Um, yeah. Anyways. So we're gonna be. Whoa, we're gonna be listening to your song in a moment. Okay. Okay. Now, for those people who have never heard of the gay '90s before, what do they need to know to get into the band? Ooh, that's tough. Um. We're a bunch of open-minded dudes trying to make the best music possible that, that our bodies and minds will allow. Thank you very much for your time tonight, Parker. Thank you. For people who don't know who Steve Bays is, could you explain? Steve Bays is the singer of Hot Out Heat and also the better half of The Fur Trade, which is a band that I work in with him. And he produced uh, the song that everyone's about to listen to coming together at Tugboat Studios. Now, Steve Bays is easy to pick out of a crowd because of his hair. Yeah, and usually he's wearing a frumpy sweater. And in what ways are the gay 90s easy to pick out of a crowd? Um, we're all, we're all wearing women's clothing. <laughs> what, what more needs to be said? I think, I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty much pretty legit. You've got me there, Parker. You've got me there. Thanks for your time. Before you hang up, I would love it if you could say hi. My name's Parker. I'm from the band The Gay 90s, and you're listening to The Interview Show. All right. Hi, I'm Parker Bosley, and I'm from The Gay 90s, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Get back to the patio party. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, man.
Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today we're talking about music and cinema and how they're often intertwined with each other. Today we're going to be talking to some of our favorite Vancouver musicians about how music and movies have come together for them. On top of that, we were also at the Vancouver International Film Festival where we got a chance to meet some of our favorite television creators. We're going to talk to the minds behind Prime Suspect, Desperate Housewives, the AMC series The Killing, and the U.S. cable hit Damages. So let's jump straight into our first interview from the Vancouver International Film Festival. Hey, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today we're at the Vancouver International Film Festival, and I'm lucky enough to have snagged Aaron Zellman. Aaron, I would love it if you could introduce yourself. My name is Aaron Zellman. Um, I'm a uh, television writer producer. Right now I'm working on a show called The Killing for AMC. Awesome. Now, a lot of people might not know this. You got your start on Law and Order when it was well into its run. So as a writer, what was it like to come into a, such a well-oiled machine? Uh, a little weird, a little intimidating. I didn't know anything about law or order, um, police stuff, I guess. And uh, so I had to kind of uh, learn it all on, on the job. And it was, uh, it was, it was a little hectic and, and, and I felt a little underqualified. Uh, but, you know, eventually I got my legs. So you're right now you're on The Killing, which is a remake of an esteemed Danish series. What's the toughest part of adapting something that's so loved by a hardcore audience and making it into a mainstream American television show? Uh, you know, the hard part is, is sort of making it um, original while also staying faithful to the original uh, version. And, you know, we do a little bit of both. We take the parts that we like, which is very nice, and other parts that we feel that we maybe can improve on or, or stories we'd like to tell that maybe are more meaningful uh, to us, um, we get to tell those stories. So it's sort of best of both worlds. Can you take an element of the original series that you couldn't transport to the American version that you're upset about? <laughs> we're upset about? No, I don't, I don't think we were upset about any of it. I mean, we, we felt that we uh, took the stuff, you know, we really we wanted to take and and the stuff we couldn't or the stuff we, we didn't, we didn't. Um, but uh, we really, it was really up to us. Can you talk about something in the show that wasn't in the original that you guys are pretty proud of? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff, uh, uh, especially coming up in, in the second season that is, um, we totally took a, took a different direction. I can't talk in specifics too much, but uh, I think the audience will be, will be pleased to see some of these uh, directions we're taking these characters in that, that never was uh, conceived of in the original version. You are also a part of Damages, and that show has recently revived Ted Danson's career. Does he ever send you guys flowers? <laughs> he, he's been very grateful, I must say. He's, he's, been, he's been very nice, and he actually once told us uh, on the set that uh, he felt that Damages gave him a whole, new, um, a whole new excitement for acting again. So we were extremely flattered. I, you know, I grew up with him on Cheers and, and watching him on Cheers, and I just love the guy. He's, he's a great guy in addition to his fantastic talent. Uh, we were just so, so pleased and, and flattered to, that he wanted to work with us. And, and then, you know, he was, he was willing to give us his, his very best stuff. The Killing is sometimes compared to Twin Peaks, that seminal 90s TV show. David Lynch, upon retrospect, has often said that solving the murder was like killing the goose that laid the golden egg. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's that's a toughie. Uh, we've thought about that a lot, but the thing is, we've got the advantage of really uh, having a main character be a cop, so we could have more murders. What do you think about Twin Peaks? Should they have resolved it? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I, it's been a while since I watched the show, uh, 
So I, I'd have to get back to you on that, but I, I do remember it being a, a great show, and, and I probably would have followed it anywhere. Along the same lines, you guys caused a little bit of controversy with your show because you didn't resolve the murder at the end of the first season, which a lot of people were expecting. Very surprising. We were all, we were all shocked as writers. We didn't expect such, a, such a, a big reaction. We were flattered, in a way, to get that much, you know, even if it's angry, hey, people care, right? Uh, so that was the good part. You know, unfortunately, we, we, we felt... Um, that there was there was a small part of the audience that was disappointed. We were sorry that that they felt that way, uh, but we we're just trying to entertain people and keep throw them off guard and and surprise them. So we feel we felt great about the way we ended it, and um, you know we we hope that uh, people will continue to watch. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you.
Well, hello. Would this be Steve? Steve from the band Velociraptor? You got it. <laughs> Sweet. It's Scott. It's Scott Wood from the interview show. How's it going? It's all right. It's smooth ride right on the sky train today. Nice. Oh, I can hear the bell. Where are you head to? Uh, just back from Burnaby, heading towards uh, Gastown, H- hometown. Nice, nice. So it uh, was a good day at work? Eh, it was a day at work. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Well, Steve, we just heard your song. We've heard your song, Clever Girl. And today, of course, we're talking about movies and music and how they influence each other. Mm-hmm. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about your song. Uh, well, that song is basically spinning out of my favorite line from Jurassic Park, where uh, Muldoon is hunting the two veloc- uh, velociraptors, uh, our namesakes, basically. And uh, while he thinks he's hunting them, they're hunting him, and they pop up, and clever girl. Uh, so the song narrative that, that we put together is essentially uh, one of unrequited love, uh, except this guy has uh, convinced himself that uh, the girl's doing it all on purpose to get him to hunt her. Oh, nice. I like that switch up. Yeah, I like to be clever. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it kind of, uh, the song itself basically is just spent, uh, spun out of the line. And uh, it was one of our, it was on our second EP. We were just trying to figure out what we were doing and we wanted to make it kind of as meta as possible, spinning the Philosoraptor into the Jurassic Park reference and the, it all kind of came together uh, in a very stable narrative, I thought. So, who's the hottest chick in the Jurassic Park films? Ooh. I'm trying to think if, if any of the chicks are hot in the Jurassic Park film. <laughs> they're, all, they're, all, they're all pretty uh, damaged goods by the end of her there. That's true, that's true. How, how about the, the pregnant Stegosaurus? <laughs> Just sitting there hopping and popping? I like how you went for a dinosaur there. That was quite fitting. <laughs> All right, well, Steve, I appreciate your time today. I would love it if you could talk a little bit about your band. For nobody who's ever heard of Velociraptor, what do they need to know? Oh, I was going to say, picture the end of Fight Club, but instead of shooting yourself through the cheek, you'd be chugging a beer and rocking out. I like that picture. I like that picture. So could you say the title of the song? Yeah, so I'm just coming into commercial station, so it's getting noisy. Uh, yeah, so the song is Clever Girl by Velociraptor. Hi, my name's Steve. I'm from the band Velociraptor, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today we're talking about music and cinema and how they're often intertwined with each other. Today we're going to be talking to some of our favorite Vancouver musicians about how music and movies have come together for them. On top of that, we were also at the Vancouver International Film Festival where we got a chance to meet some of our favorite television creators. We're going to talk to the minds behind Prime Suspect, Desperate Housewives, the AMC series The Killing, and the US cable hit Damages. So let's jump straight into our first interview from the Vancouver International Film Festival. All right, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and I would love it if you could introduce yourself. I am Alexandra Cunningham, the executive producer and head writer for Prime Suspect. Awesome. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak with me. You're welcome. I'm excited you want to talk to me at all. People are going to know you before Prime Suspect. They're going to know you from being on Desperate Housewives. So now that that show's ending, I was wondering if you could take the main series protagonists and kill them off or give them an ending that you would like to give them. On Desperate Housewives, if I could do something to the characters? You know, 
there, there's been so many things that have happened to them over the course of the years, you know, plane crashes and tornadoes and all that kind of thing. It would probably be nice to just kind of have them sit together and be friends and walk off into the sunset. Like, there's no more drama, really, that you could do to them. Their friends have been murdered. They've gotten rid of bodies. They've you know, had their houses burned to the ground and crashed into by things, so it might actually be nice to go in the other direction. Fair enough, fair enough. You've got no unresolved feelings there? I have uh, I have unresolved feelings that don't necessarily have to do with the characters themselves, but, you know, there's probably no more I can say <laughs> than that. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so on to Prime Suspect. It's a U.S. remake of a legendary British TV show. You know, it's uh, because it's, like I said in the panel, it's more of an homage than a remake because it is 20 years later and you know, the police departments, I think in the, the time of the original when Helen Mirren was playing it, there were something like three or four female detectives in the entire country of England. Obviously, that's not the case in America, although there aren't nearly as many female detectives of any kind as people think there are. So, you know, sexism is maybe not as blatant as it used to be. It's a little subtler. Women are doing it to each other now. So, you know, it, it it's still very relevant uh, it's it was modern when it was on. It's it would be a modern idea now if they decided to do it now. Uh, the key to it is just getting a great actress and somebody that people are going to want to watch, like they wanted to watch Helen Mirren. And I personally never get tired of watching Maria Bello or writing for her. So that's kind of the key to it for me. So um, UK television is a very different animal from NBC. So can you talk about retooling the series or your homage to the series? What would work and what didn't work? Right. Well, to me, nothing doesn't work about the original. The thing that makes it different to do it for American TV is obviously, you know, we have 44 minutes with commercials. We, you know, we have syndication demands that that British shows don't have. We can't really, you know, the original, I think, had one case that went over eight hours. That's not really the business model of American network television. On cable, you know, they have The Killing, which obviously is that, but, you know, on NBC, we've, we've got the commercials and we've got the need for, you know, burning through cases in every episode. That's probably the most challenging and the biggest change from the original is giving a case in each episode that's going to be solved or not, but is a journey that's going to be gone on just in that episode. So, you know, in that sense, it's challenging. It burns through a lot of material, but, you know, it's challenging in a good way, too, to be able to do that. Fair enough. What's one element of the show that you're extremely proud of? You know, I, I'm proud of the casting. That's kind of a thing that I would have done if I wasn't a writer. I, you know, had a moment where if uh, maybe about 15 years ago when the 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 writing, I was trying to break into writing and I was working in a casting office for a person who's a big network casting TV director still who does The Good Wife now. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to go into casting if the writing doesn't work out. Maria made it possible for me really to sort of get out, go out and get all the actors that I've always wanted to work with. So I think I really put together an amazing ensemble, and it's my responsibility to write to the things that I know they can do. One of the things that I like the most about the original Prime Suspect is the attention it paid to class, and that's something you don't see a lot on American TV. No, that's true, but I do think that that is a thing that's more present in British culture than it is in American culture, so it's something that they had to address that maybe we don't necessarily, but we will. I mean, we have some episodes coming up that sort of, 
uh, there's one that sort of illustrates the difference between when a young white woman is raped and murdered, the amount of press coverage and the sort of media outcry that happens versus a young Dominican woman who's raped and murdered and kind of how it falls out of the news after a few days and, you know, the, the inequity of the coverage of it and that that's not how the police perceive what they're doing. But, you know, it's what the media chooses to cover is kind of a thing that I think we're all familiar with in America. Great. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Hello. Is this Peter Reek from the band Humans? No, no. Oh, is it Scott? Yeah, yeah, this is Peter Reek. It's me. It's Scott from the interview show. You sound like you got a big smile on your face. I try my best. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are you up to? Um, I was uh, going to record, and then Robbie came in, and so we're going to be jamming instead. Hello. Is this Scott? It is. It's Scott. It's Scott Wood from the interview show. Oh, man. I'm looking for Robbie Slade from the band Humans. I'm here. It's me. Nice. It's good to hear from you. Yeah. So what are you up to? Just uh, jamming with Pete. I had some cool revelations while you guys were talking just now. Um, No, I just figured out a new way to do this one song that we're working on. And then Pete came downstairs and was like, hey, that's fucking sweet. And I was like, thanks, man. You know what I mean? Sweet, sweet. Well, Robbie Slade, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Today, we have Robbie Slade from the band Humans on the line. We're doing a little bit of a he said, he said thing where we're cutting up what Robbie's saying with what his bandmate's saying. But the, <laughs> the twist is that neither of them know what the other guy is saying. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Today, I have Peter Reek from the band Humans on the line. Hi, Peter. Hey, how you doing, Scott? I'm doing pretty good. So today we're talking about movies and music and how they can influence each other. Yeah. And you've brought a track. <laughs> yes, I did. It was uh, music that was done specifically for this uh, short film, horror film, that we put together. And uh, Robbie was uh, pretty excited to make the music, and so we collaborated uh, as humans and did the track for the movie we were putting together. Well... Honestly, Pete's a bit older than me, and he got me into electronic music, and he also introduced me to a lot of, like, film as more of a, more than a pastime, you know? And so he loves, loves those, like, rad 80s action movies, like Total Recall and Robocop and stuff. I forget the guy who directed those. He's basically obsessed with, like, the 80s and 90s in film. So maybe our music sounds like it sometimes. Hi, my name is Peter Reek, and you are listening to The Interview Show. Cool. Now, you spend a lot of time with Robbie making music, going on tour, going to shows. What was it like creating a scenario where he would get attacked and be put in peril? Um, he always gets attacked by uh, his girlfriend, so I don't think <laughs> it's a big stretch from reality. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if anything, you know... Um, typecast your your actors well he's a guy who always gets abused by uh, a certain woman so hey sarah you're great (laughs) what i would also love it if you could share with me the last time he was abused by his girlfriend (laughs) uh probably this morning i think you should ask robbie that question um sometimes when i try and smoke in front of her she like will do something like grab my nose or like give me a titty twister or pull my pants down. 
<laughs> and no. she's not into smoking. But on other notes, um, the uh, music of the movie uh, was inspired, the first part is inspired by um, spaghetti western music. And then the second part is just like a, you know, a house electro dirty thing going. Well, with the end, we wrote that music especially, like, specifically for the music video. You know how most music videos is like, the video is kind of like, the band usually isn't thinking of the video when they, when they write the song? Yeah. Well, this is different. This is like, okay, we have this great idea. Let's, uh, let's, write, a mu- let's, let's write some music for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it sounds great. So, what's the name of the song? The End. Cool. And... Now, I would love it, Robbie, if you could say, Hi, my name's Robbie. I'm from the band Humans, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Hi, my name is Robbie. I'm from a band called Humans, and this is The Interview Show. Robbie, you sound like you sound like I need to call your girlfriend and get her to twist your nose. So you sound like you enjoyed being on the show. <laughs> you want me to do it again? I would love you to. Hey, it's Robbie Slade here. And I'm on the interview show, and I'm from the band Humans. It's uh, The End by Humans. Perfect. And the other thing I'd love you to say is, Hi, my name's Peter Reek. I'm in a band called Humans, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Okay. Hi, my name is Peter Reek. I am in a band called Humans, and you are listening to The Interview Show. I would love it if you could please say that louder. (laughs) But The Interview Show part? Yes. And Peter Reek from Humans? How about, how about if you said the interview show like you enjoyed being on the show? Like it was a good experience? Like the interview show! <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Peter Reek from Humans, and you're listening to the interview show! 